What's going on, podcast world? It's your man, Terrence J. Welcome to Real Talk Podcast. Today's topic, we're going to talk about therapy and mental health. I have a special guest on. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, my name is Jeanette Abney, and I am located in California. I am a licensed marriage family therapist, as well as a business owner and a public speaker. And thank you for allowing me the opportunity to join in on your podcast. Okay, okay. How you doing over there? You know what? I'm doing well. I haven't been outside to see what the weather looked like, but I'm dressed for the occasion. So no matter what, I'm going to keep it sunny. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, I understand that. So yeah, um, let's get right on into it. Um, and, and this is a conversation that um, many of us, you know, we talk about and we talk about therapy and we talk about um, mental health and, and other issues. Um, with you having that experience, uh, could you go off into a, l- a little detail about yourself? Yes, I am, like I said, a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as I do a lot of different things. And when we talk about mental health, it's one of those things that even when I went to bed last night and I saw that um, the country singer in the family of the judge, which, you know, rest in peace, and they said her mother died of mental health. And so it wasn't clear. And that kind of gives you the foundation of it because it's not very clear as to what people mean when they say mental health, mental wellness, mental health disorder. And it can cause a lot of confusion. And that's just basically why, you know, and you doing this topic is very interesting because it helps shed some insight into what mental health is. Because it can affect individuals emotionally as well as behaviorally. And there's a lot of different components that goes along with that in regards to symptoms. Mm-hmm. So which I understand that, um, especially dealing with us guys, uh, um, you know, it's definitely hard to to have those conversations. And I know you're a woman um, and I know women, you know, pretty much come off um, to your office and, and ask for, you know, the counseling, those things. Um, do you have any guys that usually come in um, and ask for it in counseling? You know, and it's interesting you say that, and because right now, I would say my caseload consists more of men or males than females, and partly because a lot of times females working with females, we have our own biases that we bring into the sessions. We have our way of interviewing our therapists, and you want to try to find that perfect match. Now, with men, men were taught not to cry, to not really process their complex emotions, so in some cases, most men will want to seek therapy to become a better man or they was given an ultimatum or is something that is bothering and whether it's drinking or you know they have an anger issues and I tell individuals I look at it like where they say they have this the thing I work with my clients it's about anger there's an iceberg anger is what you see but the emotions of under the anger can be disappointment frustration betrayal so when you're doing all of those emotions that is what i'm finding that's bringing men into therapy now Mm, okay okay um which i remember watching a tv show um called this is us and it was an episode where randall um he went to go seek uh uh, therapy um Mm -hmm. And he ended up seeking therapy by somebody that looked like him because he had a lot of stress um, that was going on because he was running for a city councilman seat um, 
in his district that he was working in. Um, but it was definitely a good TV show. And, and you know what I'm saying? It is down to his final season. Um, but it's a real good, good TV show. But it also breaks down that, you know, not only Randall went to go seek physical therapy, uh, Kate went to go seek physical therapy, and then also Kevin as well. So just uh-huh. overall as a family, um, it's definitely important for, uh, you know, to seek uh, physical therapy and when it comes to those things. And so um, have you ever actually had a family section or usually just be a individual that just come? I do so much different. I do so many different things till it's, it's interesting. Now, people had to break the stereotype and the taboo. Now, I grew up in Compton and I didn't know no therapist. We tell people Dr. Dre is not really a doctor, you know, so we had this facade to where we would either go to the liquor store or go to church. But then they found that even in those places, especially even at in church, now pastors have to be trained in what's called mental health awareness to be able to identify some of the things that's happening within their members and their so one of the things is breaking the stereotype to where people that go to therapy is not crazy. You're crazy if you don't ask for help or don't utilize your resources. And that was one of the things that when we start looking at um, different geographical areas is it wasn't available. Mm. Nobody knew nothing about it. Now, sometimes I get phone calls from parents trying to put their two-year-old in therapy, talking about my two-year-old have anxiety. Mm. And I'm like, uh, that's a parenting issue. That's just not anxiety. Right. Or, you know, you got people dealing with divorce. You got with COVID. There's a lot of different things. I had a friend, and um, he, he broke it down like this. Because he didn't want to be deemed as having a mental health issue. He said, I had a situation occur in my life that is affecting me mentally. Therefore, I need some mental health. I mean, some some help in regards to my mental health. So it's how you process it, how you interpret it. But don't be afraid to go and talk to someone. We talk to our friends. We talk to our family. We talk to our pastors. But talking to a professional that's going to be unbiased. Wow. Yes. And, and, and I understand it. And it's, it's definitely very important. Um, somebody just sent me a question to ask you, um, have you dealt with um, anybody that had PTSD? And if so, um, how did you um, counsel that? Okay. When you talk about PTSD, PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, what happens with PTSD is not the event that actually occurred that's bothering them. It's the emotion that they felt when it did occur. A lot of different things can trigger PTSD. Now, if it's a war, even the way you grew up, when it's in domestic violence, a car accident, a lot of different things. But it's addressing that emotion. So the emotion in most cases is anxiety, that fear. So you can either learn to de-escalate. You can, some individuals have to take anti-anxiety medication. But it's processing the emotion of how you felt and what was your experience when it occurred so that that can help kind of regulate things so that one don't always go into a panic or have a panic attack when they are experiencing or just the diagnosis was or is PTSD. Okay, okay. And if a person is um, 
seeking that type of counseling um like how you just said you know with the person bringing their child in that's um that's two year old that's just basically needing some type of counseling um do they have anything for children i wouldn't necessarily say the age of two we would just say the age of we'll say five for example you know because we see so many kids that's um you know that's with that behavior problem which we try not to use the term behavior um is it a way that they can be able to seek help? Yes, there is. And there's different treatment modalities. And that's another thing that a lot of individuals are not aware of. And when we talk about the treatment modalities and there's certain, there's different theoretical orientations. Now, before, you know, we, we heard of Freud, psychoanalysis, psychodynamic, you know, you had the Virginia Satir dealing with family roles. And, and you can take all of those different things to try to figure out what's going on with the family. Now, I've been in this field for over 20 years. So I take my education, my street smarts, and my godly wisdom, and I'm also friendly and approachable. So most of the time, my family think that they, I'm their best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, they have me on speed dial, dial because I'm accessible, yeah. but I'm very clear with boundaries. But when you're talking about working with a child, I look at it like this. Most kids are not bad, they mad. Mm-hmm. The kids feel nobody is listening to them. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, like I said, it's a family issue. It's not just the kid. So what happens is they have the kid be the identified problem. And if you view something as a problem, you're going to treat it as a problem. So in most cases, it's the parenting styles. You know, what what is your parenting style? Are you permissive? I mean, are you... um, are you um i don't want to say aggressive are you what are your expectations now when you're talking about working with kids there's different types of things some people used to use back in the day sand trays because kids are storytellers if you listen to the kids the kids will tell you the story you put the pieces together you know we have what's called cbt therapy which is cognitive behavioral therapy but you don't want to do cognitive behavioral therapy with a child that's not age or um, the, if their age, stage, and development is not appropriate for that. So I believe in meeting them where they are to try to help them get to where they're trying to go. Okay. Okay. Um, and one more question that came in. Um, ADHD. Can you uh, break that down? ADHD is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Now, in most cases, what we see is a hyperactive. Then you also have ADD, which is just attention deficit disorder, where individuals have difficulty focusing, they um, difficulty being organized, paying attention. So we have a lot of adults that were either misdiagnosed or never diagnosed until they became an adult. And we have what's called adult onset of ADHD. Most parents are now not just dealing with the ADHD as much as we're seeing autism or Asperger's. That is just pretty much like it's just taken over. But with attention deficit disorder, some parents are afraid of medication because they feel like if I put my kids on medication, I'm setting my kids up to want to use methamphetamine. But the problem is, if you ignore the problem, your child will self-medicate with something, even if it's acting out, even if it's whatever it is. We're going to act out because we're not comfortable. But like I said, it is attention deficit disorder. It can be treated through either medication or it can be treated with counseling or it can be treated with a combination of both. 
Okay, okay. Um, because I, I, I know, like I heard of some kids uh, uh, say before, you know, huh, would they have ADHD? Um, I heard some people say like, hey, man, I had to smoke marijuana like that kept me calm, you know, and I even heard 2 Chain talk about that, you know, with the anxiety and those type of things. Um, and have you dealt with somebody that would that had anxiety? Yes, I have. But see, but anxiety is another thing is with anxiety, you're dealing with excessive worrying, you're dealing with certain symptoms with anxiety, you know, the fidgety, the cancer still. So sometimes the symptoms can mask themselves. We have what's called the DSM-5 and the DSM-5 is a diagnostic statistic manual. And what happens is we, we can ask a series of questions and based on those questions, we're looking for symptoms. If it's a certain number of symptoms and that's how we get the person that diagnoses or we use it for insurance purposes in regards to billing back in the day individuals would use marijuana alcohol or what we do is we will say you know well because of this and sometimes it's not an excuse it's an explanation but the problem is marijuana don't just calm a person down because they have adhd but they still have to learn how to function and develop certain skills. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and, and you, and you have a valid point in that, um, you know, like I say, dealing with those different things and, and, and taking those medicines. Um, and I also had somebody that I knew, um, that took Adderall. So I don't know if you ever met somebody that, um, or, or treated somebody that dealt with Adderall. And if so, can you uh, go off into details about that? Adderall is um, amphetamine-based. See, there's a difference in medication that has amphetamine and using methamphetamine because methamphetamine is a man-made drug. Now, in addition to being a therapist, I'm also the owner of a outpatient drug and alcohol program. So I'm the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction. So like I said, I wear many hats, and I've been in the field of working with substance abuse disorder for over 20 years also. And what happens is... With an individual, let's say, have a history of or use methamphetamine. If they have ADHD, the methamphetamine will calm them down. If they don't have ADHD, that methamphetamine will make them tweak. They'll be walking around looking for their shadow, you know, because it does something to the brain. It's a chemical imbalance. So what individuals are trying to do is balance that out. Now, I'm not big on marijuana. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. I understand it. But even though I own a drug program, I'm not a recovering drug addict, but I had to understand addictive behaviors. And I have an addictive personality because when I get finished with you, I'm going to the casino because I can play blackjack. But the thing is, that stimulates my brain. But the thing is, when we're talking about with the marijuana, there's different levels and different types of things that's in THC. Now, I have seen individuals that have mood disorders that benefit from different types of medication because they have difficulties controlling their mood. Whether they're impulsive, whether they're aggressive, whether they're angry, that's where we see a lot of challenges, especially with medication regimens where we're looking at mood disorders or we're looking at psychotic uh, features mm-hmm. that a person may be demonstrating or behaviors. Okay, okay, which I understand that. Um, and I know I didn't want to bring this situation up, but um, the situation that happened between 
Chris Rock and Will Smith. Um, you know, some people say that, hey, you know, he was going through a mental stage or, or you know, saying a breaking point. Some people were saying that, hey, he, he felt like he turned into King Richard all over again, you know, when he's acting and those type of things. Um, have you ever met a person like a Dr. Jekyll, Mrs. Hyde? Uh, um, and if so, have you treated them and how did you treat them? Yes, I have. Now, when you're talking about the Will and Jada Pickett Smith issue, when I watched it, and this is Jeanette speaking, so this is anybody in a disclaimer, you want to come after me, this is Jeanette. When Will was sitting there, he was smiling and laughing and all that because he understand comedy. I didn't see where Chris meant any harm in what he was saying. I didn't see him just trying to attack Jada. But the look on Jada's face, she felt uncomfortable. Now you take in Will as an actor and a comedian to Will as a husband. So he went into husband mode. So when he went into husband mode, it's kind of like that with what you go do. And he, he got to do something. Now, I'm not saying what he did was appropriate, but there's a time and a place for everything. And I don't think Chris was even ready for that because it kind of threw him off guard, too. Because I said, thank God he didn't hit Chris Tucker because I think Chris Tucker would have hit him back. Right. So. The thing is, when you're talking about multiple personalities or disassociation, a lot of times you see that in childhood trauma, where a person has been abused, molested, and they take on different characters. So I have had experience with working with individuals. I'll tell you a good movie, the movie Split. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Split, when a man had multiple personalities. Okay. That Those things are real. So yes, I have had those type of situations and I will ask the person who am I talking to because their voice can change they if a person wear glasses they, that person might come in your office not wearing glasses you can base it on the conversation but Will Smith and anytime you are in an entertainment industry you are under a great deal of stress mm-hmm. and many people have their breaking points so that could have been a breaking point for him because it was so much he already had going on. And that could have just drove him over the edge. But I think the look on Jada's pick and face kind of played a role in that, too. Right. And now you got to deal with the consequences. Yeah, you got to deal with the consequences on it. Um, and when you say split, it's another good movie that's out there called uh, Face Off with uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, you know, where they end up switching. Um, they switch characters, you know. So um, and so he had to play that role from being a good guy to the bad mm-hmm. guy, you know. So I so I definitely understand that. See, I remember back in the day. And um, even before I became a therapist, we used to watch One Life to Live. And One Life to Live had Nikki and Vicky. And Nikki and Vicky were two different people, totally different people. Hmm. Nikki was cool. Victoria was uh, was stuck up, you know, Victoria Buchanan. And so before I even went into the field of therapy or psychotherapy, I had, you know, knowledge of that. And we used to call it multiple personality. Now they call it disassociation or dissociative disorder. Something totally different. Totally different. Wow. Learn something new every day. That is true. Yeah, definitely learn something new every day. Um, And do you have any closing remarks? Well, the one thing I want to say is do not be afraid of how you're feeling. You know, when we talk about social media, you know, people are expressing themselves in a lot of different ways. But sometimes we still give people the fake you. 
You know, be you, be true to you, be authentic. If something is bothering you, you're not going to go to the dentist because your toe hurt. So journal things, write it down, talk to someone, talk to your higher power, but don't be afraid to go get help based on what you think somebody else is going to think. I had a person tell me the other day, they called me and they wanted therapy, but they was like, well, can you not document it because I don't want it to come back up? And, uh, you know, that's that shame. Don't be ashamed of how you feel or what you've been through because we can go from being a victim to becoming a survivor and you also have to advocate for yourself if you got a person that's a quack and they just telling you something and you know it's not true don't believe everything people say about you because there are there all therapists are not good therapists but you want to find someone that you can connect with interview your therapist i want to also talk and tell you about the different types of um therapy because you know we got emdr that a lot of individuals like to use when they're dealing with trauma people are doing what's called brain spotting now because they think that therapists are basically like a a genie in a bottle and we're not so there's different types of therapy try to find the therapy that's going to work best for you and don't operate in fear okay i got you i got you and if any one of the listeners want to um get in contact with you how would they find you you can just, um, well, I always say Google. My, my daughter laughs at me because I say Google me, baby. You know, you can look my name up, Jeanette Abney, and it's spelled J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E-A-B-N-E-Y. Or you can also um, find me on Psychology Today under Jeanette Abney. I'm Like I said, I'm the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction as well as J.A. Precious Inc. So I work with children. I work with adults. I work with families. I um, work with individuals that have anger management issues that are victims as well as perpetrators of domestic violence as well as individuals that have drug and alcohol addiction. So I do a lot of different things. If there's any therapists out there listening, I'm, I'm giving some jobs. Somebody, you looking for a job? Give me a call because I need some help out there too. I want to also tell individuals that when you're utilizing your insurance, if you have mental health or behavioral health insurance, it does not cover family counseling, but don't give up. Some individuals can also, if you have, if you are employed, you can utilize what's called EAP. EAP is Employer's Assistance Program. And through Employer's Assistance Program, they offer free non-medical sessions for the employer the in um, I mean, I'm sorry for the employee, their dependents, as well as their spouse. So there's a lot of ways to get help now. People are getting help from the church. There's some nonprofit in, um, in places. You can utilize 211. If you're dealing with a mental health issue, you can call NOMNI. They can provide you with resources. I want to think, another thing I want to say before we get off the air is grief. You brought up ADHD, you brought up anxiety, but grief. When individuals are grieving, they go through a lot of different emotions, and that can also be considered a mental health issue. If you have lost someone, whether it's a loss of job, lost someone by death, lost something in regards to your health, there's a lot of things that could be um, affecting a person. These are when we need someone to talk to. And like I said, those are just some of the things you can do. 211, Employee Assistance Program, utilize your health insurance. Okay, okay. And I would like to thank my guests for coming on. Um, like I say, this is a definitely an ongoing conversation that we will continue um, to talk about and to recircle the block on this situation. And on that note, my name is Terrence J, and we out. Thank you.
somebody that you can share your whole life somebody that you don't mind talking to somebody that you don't mind 